Well, yeah. See, even her question, why does everything have to be consistent? If you didn't use those terms in a manner consistent with the way they're normally defined, they would be a totally meaningless statement. Mm. Just so. But does something consistently prove if it's absolute or not? It can prove that it consistently could prove it's true, but how could it just prove that everything else is false? Actually, consistency doesn't prove that something is true. Internal consistency proves uh, if something is is not internally consistent, in other words, if it's contradictory, I think that proves it false. But something can be internally consistent and still false. So I think you need more tests for truth beyond internal consistency, such as uh, does it explain uh, the uh, data in question? Um, is, it, is this view livable? That type of thing. So I think when you test worldviews, you need more than just internal uh, consistency. So internal consistency would be a test uh, f to show that something could possibly be true. And if it fails that test, then then I would view it as false. I mean, I, I just don't see any other way. But, uh, but of course, that's one of the things that's in question in, in a debate like this. You were saying something? Oh, no. We got there's a, wrap it there's got a question. Well, I just wanted to um, kind of address kind of a classic uh, objection when uh, there was a gal over there that asked Phil, you know, is there, if I'm a nice person and if I do good things, why would a loving God allow me to go to hell or something like that? And I, I just wanted to say that um, the whole concept of goodness is a totally relevant term. I mean, the Nazi Germany, who was good, so, in order to really understand goodness, we have to have kind of a transcending measurement of good. We have to have it through um, something beside itself as a measurement. And then there was also the uh, point about that uh, can we even talk about sin because it's such a Western concept? And I'd say that the very fact that we have governments almost worldwide and law in the first place is an indication that man is sinful. Just about every religion I've studied has some type of sense of sin or some type, some type of guilt that needs some type of atonement. And so, I, I mean, I've talked to Buddhists, I've talked to people from all walks of life who do have a sense of, of sin. And um, the other thing is, I mean, there's been a lot of information, and, and I know my brother often says things like, well, the, the Christians just want us to get on the bandwagon and everything will be happy and we'll all go to heaven. And one thing I told my brother is when I'm sharing the gospel, it's just like a man who's hungry who's found bread and sharing it with someone else. I never want to come across, or I hope that Christians don't come across like they're better than you. The ultimate thing that Christianity's talking about is it's a story of redemption, that we don't have a low self-esteem problem. We don't have... Uh, you know, guilt problems, that all of that's related to sin. And I think probably one of the biggest problems is that sin is never defined. Sin is, can manifest itself in action. Most people would universally agree that murder is a sin. It can also manifest itself in words. We can slander someone and hurt that person through that. But it can also manifest itself in thought. 
And people say, well, you're saying that we can actually sin in our thought life? And the answer is yes. And most psychologists, it's generally accepted in most psychology courses that we have over 10,000 thoughts a day. And we know that out of all those 10,000 thoughts, I know as far as I'm concerned, not all of them are loving towards God and man. And, for example, Ted Bundy, right before he got executed, he was being interviewed, and he's most, one of the most notorious murderers of the 20th century. He did horrendous things. And they said, where did all of this start? How did all this come about? And you'd think he'd say something like, well, I grew up in a mafia family. I was taught how to kill at a young age. But that, it's interesting, he didn't say that. He said, it started in my thought life. He said, I got exposed to pornography at 11, year, 11 years old, and it was from my thought life that my thought life and the evilness in my thoughts and in my heart preceded the actions that I took. And so, a lot of times we do good things not because we're internally virtuous, but a lot of times we do it because we're afraid of getting punished. And that what motivates us not to cheat on our taxes or to not run our life is not because we're internally good, but it's because we're often times afraid of being punished. And so what Christianity is addressing is mankind's internal problem. It doesn't deal with the symptoms. It's saying that all the problems that you experience, your loneliness, your emotional problems, your psychological problems, are all a result of what's called original sin. And so if there's one thing you, that you get, there's a lot of information that's come across, the one thing that separates Christ from all the other world leaders is that his very point of coming to the earth and the very point of him dying on the cross was in order to pay that penalty that all of us are due. He took on all of our guilt and all of our sin on the cross, and by putting faith in him, we're not only forgiven of our sin, but we actually have conquered death through Christ, that he actually conquered it for us. Because you, you, you just brought up a universal thing. You said, I'm, a, I'm scared of dying. And you're right, you should. Because we're all inherently, at least I am. I've had a gun put to my head before I was a Christian, and I was terrified. And what's even more scary about it is Christ, when he came to earth, talked about that there is something beyond this physical life. That it's appointed for man to die once and then judgment. And so his whole purpose was to conquer that. And that's what really separates him from any other uh, New Age thinker, any self-help book. All of those deal with symptoms. They don't deal with the internal problem, the inherent problem that man has. And so that's what I would say in relation to quote-unquote goodness. And I do think that there's a universal concept of sin. And I think that Christianity and Jesus Christ are the only one who really deal with the root problems and not just the symptoms. That's all I have to say. Good point. Question. I had a question about your idea about like sin and thought and I was thinking like to have something to be a sin you have to be able to choose you have to have a choice right right okay so like let's like an experiment would be like suppose I tell you don't think of a purple elephant okay and you think of purple elephants so right. then like suppose it was sin to think of purple elephants how could you how could you have a choice at that point? Well, Martin Luther made a really good distinction. One thing he said, it's all right if birds pass through your thinking, but if you allow them to settle and form a nest, that's another thing. 
you know, it's one thing to um, observe something. Like, let's say I'm driving down First Avenue and I'm observing, I observe pornography on one of the uh, X-rated movie things. If I go ahead and I start entertaining that and start um, lusting over it, that's when it crosses from just being observing it to actually becoming a sin. It'd be like being in a in an art gallery and observing a painting. It's one thing to observe it, but it's another thing to take down the art piece and put it under your coat and leave it. Well, so if, if somebody lives in the ghetto and they're exposed to one environment and somebody this gets into the determinism, I guess, if somebody lives in the ghetto and somebody lives in Bellevue or something, or Mercer Island, then like... And, and so this person has like lots of birds flying over their heads, and this person doesn't have any birds. Hold on, what's well, that? Well, the thing is, Bellevue's filled with birds, and yeah. you things like green. Hold on, let me let me just. We gotta be out of here by uh, five o'clock because there's another group that comes in at five. So if you guys want, we can move this like upstairs or something to the hub or downstairs. So I, I, I would say that sin transcends socioeconomic things. That Michael Milken, who who did all the uh, things with uh, stocks and bonds is just, just as much a sinner as someone who would rob the bank in the ghetto. But I mean, don't you think there are more like crimes? I mean, don't you think I like think crime and sin in general is, is related oh. to socioeconomic conditions? Oh, let me let me just say this before I before I forget. I, I brought some of my books here. Uh, I, I authored a book, The God Who Sits Enthroned, Evidence for God's Existence. A lot of the stuff that I touched, just barely touched on, there's entire chapters to devoted to those things. And uh, we're selling them for half price, $5 a piece. If you don't have the money but you'd still like to, to, to grab one, just take it. The address is in there. You can mail, mail us a check, you know, whenever you get it.